Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. Welcome to another episode of Redefining Success. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Joining me today is Troy Duhon, who is the CEO of Premier Automotive. Uh, but I don't think that that really defines enough of who this man is and his influence in the kingdom. And we are going to have just a good time talking about where God is putting different things on his heart, opportunities to really bring kingdom into today's world. And just, I think you're going to love the story and I think you're going to love the journey and you're going to be encouraged and probably even challenged along the way. So Troy, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Eric, for having me. So Troy, I told you this when we were, we were visiting offline. Um, I like to treat this like a conversation, like we're just hanging out in my backyard for a good Saturday afternoon barbecue or maybe a crawfish boil since we're both down here on the bayou um, and just introduce yourself to my audience, introduce yourself to my friends, if you would. All right. So this is Troy Duhon. I am a car dealer, but I'm also, I would say a marketplace minister. Mm -hmm. I was born and raised in a tongue talking, crazy, holy roly house. Yeah. My father was a preacher, so I was considered a PK, and guys that are listening knows what that means. When you're a PK, you become a BK, and when people say, well, what's a BK? Well, that's a pastor's kid who becomes a bad kid, <laughs> and funny how it is, but like a lot of people listening, I grew up with a father who was an alcoholic, and it mm. gets very tough when you're a child in that environment, and your parents are fighting, your dad's violent drinking and you, you know it was sad for us to be in that environment eric but i would tell you that my mother filed divorce from my dad and my daddy loved my mother but he also loved alcohol and because his love of his my mother was so strong his used car manager at the time convinced him to go to church eric and they didn't take my dad to a simple catholic or baptist church they <laughs> took my dad to a pentecostal church and he said these people are crazy yeah but long story short is he fell in love with happy people because if you go to a pentecostal church service they're raising their hand they're dancing in the aisles and he's like you know alcoholism is a depression so people mm -hmm. drink to suppress a pain so my dad was suppressing a pain he never knew yeah. Third time he went to church, he went to the altar. My mother said, son, I saw your dad do something I'd never seen him do. And I said, mama, what was that? Your daddy started crying. And for me, your son, that meant your daddy was truly repenting. Mm. So Eric, my dad woke up the next day after that church service. It was a Sunday night, Monday morning, wakes up and goes, 
cold, sober, Eric. Really? So when yeah. my dad, my dad didn't go to AA. He didn't do 12 steps. The power of the Holy Spirit hit my dad. He went cold, sober and fell in love with the Lord, got out of the car business, and he did become a preacher. So I was born and raised in a crazy, tongue-talking, holy, roly house. How old were you when that happened? I was 12 years old. Wow. And you know what? I'll tell you, Eric, to watch two of your parents fight every day, come home drunk, yelling, screaming, throwing pots, pans. And then all of a sudden your dad comes home and you're like, whoa, who are you? Yeah. He's smiling. He, he, he felt the redemption power of the Lord. He, and it was really for me, he wanted me in the car business. So at 18, I started selling cars, you know, and I'll go to LSU. I sell cars in the summer that paid for college. Yep. And obviously my dad's a preacher. So like I said, people call me a PK and I got a little, you know, success at a young age and became a BK and did some things that I'm not too proud of, but I'll be honest with you, Eric, and it's important for the audience to know this. My daddy didn't rebuke me. And I, mm. say this, I say this because my father loved me unconditionally. He's a preacher. I'm a successful young automotive executive. I'm doing extremely well, living the wrong way. And my daddy still loved me. Mm. And Eric, it was that love that made me realize that I was wrong and I need to come back. And met my wife when I was 27. She actually came in to buy a car from me. And I closed that deal. I tease everybody. That's the last car she's ever paid for. I've been paying ever since. <laughs> but, but for me, Eric, that love, and I want the audience to know, it's unconditional love. So in the car business, bought my first dealership when I was 30 on my own. I was considered the youngest Toyota dealer in the world at the time. Mm. And um, from there, I've been growing ever since. Wow. Wow. What's your wife's name? Just the name is Tracy. 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 And we have four kids, Josh, Abigail, Ava, and Anna. And Anna's a little adopted Chinese girl. Went all the way to China to get her. I tell I tease my other kids. I say, you took nine months and she took five years. Which one do <laughs> you think I love more? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Troy, what are... That, what are you passionate about today? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets you going? What, what are, I mean, we can talk about it from a kingdom standpoint and it's easy to say, well, God's kingdom, but I'm talking about the impact of what are you excited about? You know, that's a good question, Eric. Yes, I was very young, very successful, you know, bought that first dealership at 30. So I was climbing, I was on that treadmill. I'm like, everybody listening, I'm running that race. I'm on that treadmill. Get out of my way because I'm going to run you over. If I can't get a, through you, I'm going to go around you. Mm. And then I woke up. I remember like it was yesterday, 2005, when Katrina hit. I'm mm. 39 years old, You know, five dealerships doing extremely well, making more money I've ever dreamed of. And Katrina just wiped. It, it took, I mean, everything I had went underwater. And I, I remember looking at the monitor at CNN showing everything in the city of New Orleans completely underwater. And Eric, I started crying like a baby. Mm. Like my daddy's looking at me, I'm crying watching CNN with the helicopter because of everything that I worked my butt off for yeah. was underwater and I didn't know what was gonna happen. And Eric, I'll never forget this. My daddy looked at me and he said, son, let me tell you something. And he points at that TV screen. He goes, you see that brick and mortar that comes and goes. Mm. You know, those manufacturers you represent, they come and go. 
son, you go back and take care of your employees because those are the ones that are going to determine whether or not you make it. Because see, my dad had been through Camille, Betsy. He had seen it all. Yeah. Katrina was rough, 10 feet of water. I had employees whose houses in St. Bernard were completely underwater. Oh, wow. So I didn't know this. I, there was nothing in, in college, nothing in you know, automotive school that taught me how do you deal with this disaster? And my daddy made it, you know, and my church at the time partnered with us. We opened a food bank at my Honda store. And we started serving a thousand to twelve hundred cars a day. And at that moment, Eric, that was the transformation. Really? I, I made a commitment to God. I said, if you get me through this, the rest of my career will be to give back to you. And that's what birthed our foundation called Giving Hope. Mm. And now we have 30 dealerships nationwide. We do about a billion seven in sales. We operate food banks throughout the country. We feed about 5,000 people a day. We build orphanages around the world. We now have built eight orphanages. Really? We work locally with the New Orleans Mission, and we have the Giving Hope Retreat Center, which is a drug rehabilitation center in Lacombe on 60 yep. acres. So, Eric, it was that Katrina moment for me that made me realize, because every man voluntarily or involuntarily is going to get on their knees. I yep. Listen, I, I, I've seen too many successful people at some point in your life, you're going to have to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Why? What is the why? And when I made that commitment to the Lord and he got me through it, then I had to, I had to, I had to obey the commitment that I made. So mm. we just started feeding people. We started building orphanages and now it's, it's crazy. But when you asked me this morning, why did I get up? I didn't think about how many cars I was going to go to work today and sell I know today the food bank opens up. So when I drove in at 7 a.m. this morning, there was already 40 to 50 cars in line. Wow. For me, Eric, that's my why. Because there are people in that line that every day, you know, require, they, they need me. And, I, and that's a need that isn't about profit. It's about a purpose. Yeah. So to answer the question, it was Katrina. It was God getting me through Katrina. Then I'm making a commitment to give it back to God. And now our foundation, Giving Hope, is doing some incredible work globally. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'd love, you didn't talk about this, but having known kind of some of the own foundation work that my family does, I, I'm going to guess Tracy probably plays a big role in part of this. Yes, Tracy has a, her organ. So there's Giving Hope and then there's Women of Hope. So okay. Tracy has a women's organization that works with sex trafficking, domestic mm. violence, special need adoptions. You know, she's raised money for special need adoptions. This is her, that's her heart. And you know, Eric, it's for me and her, it keeps us together. You know, yeah. a lot of people, when you become successful versus significance, the issue becomes when you climb that corporate ladder, what is the why? Yeah. Then are you significant? So for Tracy and I, it keeps us together. We do this together and it and then my kids love that because they see mom and daddy building orphanages you know doing special need adoptions feeding five thousand people a day you know that inspires my kids so yes my wife is very much involved yeah yeah i mean one of my you're you're living this but one of the key principles six key principles i found to really truly building kingdom and the last one is that today echoes through eternity and what I love is that everything that you're doing is living out 
like, as you said, it doesn't matter how many cars, but what kind of spiritual long-term impact are you having in the people you're feeding and the other work that you're doing in your foundation? That's powerful. You know, Eric, you just said something that reminded me when my daddy was dying and some of the people listening, if you're ever there, when your father passes away, I was there and I'll never forget it. And the last thing my father said to me was, son, don't you ever shut down that food bank. No one's going to ever remember how many cars you sold in your career. Mm. God is counting every time you feed his people. Mm. That's the exact last line my father said to me. And I never forgot that. Wow. Wow. So when you look at the, I'm, I'm going to take you somewhere maybe a little bit different. You look at the legacy that your father implanted in you. And what are the opportunities and maybe through the foundation or other things that you found to do the same type of thing to pour into your own kids? What are, what are the things that you found that have really made the biggest difference? You know, uh, we build orphanages around the world. Yeah. So when my son was a junior in high school, we built our first orphanage in India, Hyderabad, India. Wow. We went, so my son's like, daddy, I ain't going. I said, <laughs> I said yes, you are. He goes, you can't make me go. I said, well, no, I can't make you go, but that demo you drive and I can repo it. That's right. He goes, well, I'll tell mama. Well, I'll repo mama's demo too if she tells you you can't go. So I made my son go. It's a true story. We fly 33 hours to a foreign country. He's ner- He's so nervous. And I'm like, yeah, had like 30 people with us. I was like, son, I'm your dad. I got this. Yeah. yeah. Well, he saw something. On the third day, Eric, he came to me because in India, you got to remember, there are more infant orphans in India than the rest of the world combined. They mm-hmm. worship cows. I mean, cows are walking in the streets. So my son is watching this stuff and he's like, Daddy, I, he came to me, Eric, with tears in his eyes. Because, Daddy, I didn't know people live like this. Yeah. And I say, Well, son, welcome to the real world. Not everybody has a demo, an iPhone, and a debit card. I said, This is the real world. And he said, he said, father, he said, dad, you may be dead and gone, but I will make sure this continues. Now mm. for me, Eric, that was priceless. Yeah. So my kids come on every trip. We leave for South Africa in six weeks and all four of my kids are coming. Really? Yep. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I'm going to give, I'm going to throw out another principle because you're living it. And I love that. It, it's again, a kingdom principle, which is True transformation happens inside a relationship. That this idea that it's the moments, you know, so many times we try and think that it's, you know, how much time we spend with our kids is important. And I think that's important, but it's the transformational moments that you created by making them go to India, right? We we live in this world where parents are so reluctant to make their kids uncomfortable. Oh, that that's true. Uh, but look, I'm gonna be honest, to get them to go to South Africa, I had to agree to bring their boyfriend and girlfriend. So, 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 but you're right. Until my son saw what the world like was like in Hyderabad. And then, you know, obviously when we went to Dominican Republic, I mean, we went to Moscow, Russia. I took them to Russia. We built an orphanage in Russia. You know, they, their eyes get wide open because North America lives a different way. And parents, if you're listening, you know, your greatest legacy is not leaving your child a trust fund. Your great legacy is letting them see what you're doing to make the world a better place. And that's what Tracy and I try to do. And and my kids see it, you know, and one comment was, 
daddy, all your friends have jet planes. I'm like, son, we got a jet plane. He goes, really, where is it at? I said, it leads on the hour, every hour. It's called Southwest. I said, your daddy gonna fly Southwest because I'm gonna keep building orphanages. And when I die, you're gonna say, my daddy built 50 orphanages around the world. So we, we try to live by example. And Eric, that's not always easy because oh. these kids are smart. They have social, they, you know, they don't even ask mom and daddy anymore. They ask Siri. That's what they do. Right, right. You're right. You're right. But I'm going to reflect back on a moment I had with my own children. We went to Tijuana, Mexico and took them for a mission trip. Um, just because you're on this, and I think this is so important when you talk about how do you successfully raise your children, one of the words that they used through this organization was disruption, that you come down here to have an experience to get disrupted from your normal everyday life. And I remember, I imagine your kids have had the same experience. I remember one day I was sitting at the dinner table with my oldest son, Clayton, and he made the comment, he, he, he recognized that like he was kind of caught back up in this world's definition of success and whatever. He said, I just need to go to Tijuana and get disrupted. That's awesome. And so sometimes just taking your kids and who knows what the impact on you said you, you had to take your, their great, the, the boyfriends and girlfriends. I'm sitting here thinking, man, you get to take them because what's yep. it going to do to disrupt them too? True. And, and Eric, they're going to Johannesburg, South Africa. They're going to see an orphanage where women give up their children at birth because they don't have the ability to raise them. This particular orphanage has 60 kids in it. So they get a chance to see that. And it's a whole different world. And you're right. Sometimes we have to be as parents willing to shake that foundation to show our children there is significance that is greater than success because the greatest gift a parent can leave to their children is what is their why? What, do, what is the gift that God has given you and how do you use those gifts to glorify the kingdom? Amen. Oh, I love that. I love that. Troy, you have, you've been so humble inside of all of this. What you haven't taken time to talk about is the media work that you're doing. Oh yeah. And the films yeah, and the I, movies. That, that's been fun, Eric. Um, you know, when your first movie that you ever do is called God's Not Dead and 300 million people have seen it and it grosses $100 million, you're like, <laughs> okay, maybe God wants me in this business. And, <laughs> and since that time, we've done some great projects, but there's a current project that's in the news right now. So I got the life rights on Coach Joe Kennedy. That's the guy, the coach, the high school football coach who actually got fired for praying after the game. He was actually on Fox and Friends this morning. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, I'm excited about that one because, Eric, let me tell you what that means. If the U.S. Supreme Court rules, which I think they're going to favor, they're going to rule for him, that you mm -hmm. as a coach have the right after a game to pray and you are not forcing any player to do it, yeah. then, then some of the U.S. Supreme Court justices implied during the oral arguments that maybe they need to look at everything, including prayer in schools. Mm. So this could be a very significant ruling and decision that opens up public schools, giving an opportunity for kids to pray during school. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I think the decision is going to come down the next couple of days, but it's been all over the news. It's a great, it's something as Americans, we have got to watch because when the government feels like they can control your freedom of speech, that's what this country was founded on. So I'm very excited about this project. He's a glorified Marine, 20 years. And Eric, this is the beautiful part of the story. Not only did he fight for this country, 
his wife was the head of the school board and she had to terminate her own husband. Hmm. Hmm. Really? Yep. Wow. Think what about that one. Yeah. What a so this is gonna be this is gonna be a great movie, in my opinion, to tell the truth about a man who fought for this country and just decides to pray after. And it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a win for the American people. It's gonna be a win for democracy because you got to have the right to pray. Yeah, absolutely. I want to do something with the story on God's Not Dead, though, if I can. Sure. Because if we talk about redefining success, I mean, here's the thing. You get called into, and I don't know the whole story. This is what I want to, I want to pull out and, and have you share with my audience a little bit. So you have the privilege, right? Everyone has the privilege right now going, oh, well, it was God's Not Dead. I mean, how easy is that? I mean, what a great movie. And everyone saw it and everyone, you know, and, but no, 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 that's not the story. The story is somehow you got introduced to this and there's a yeah. risk. And God's giving you a vision for something that is not fulfilling. No, that, Eric, that's a great story. I, uh, a lot of people on the, I, you know, on the podcast, whether you're a soccer mom or a travel baseball dad or an AAU basketball dad or seven, seven, I was a traveling actor dad. So I have a 10, 11 year old daughter who's in the acting world. Okay. I'm on a movie set in Los Angeles because she got into her first movie and it wasn't a big budget film. And all I remember was looking at Eric Estrada saying, Lord, please let me look that good at 65. <laughs> he was in the movie. I remember growing up with Eric, you know, the, you know, the motorcycle Oops. show. And so I get a phone call from Dr. Rice Brooks, who's a well-known pastor out of Nashville, like a spiritual big brother to me. He goes, where are you at? I said, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm at a movie set. He begins to tell me about the newsboys recording a song called God's Not Dead. He was going to write a book called God's Not Dead. And Eric, as I mentioned earlier, I grew up in a Pentecostal house, so I kind of know when the Holy Spirit hits me, and I'm on this movie set, and the Holy Spirit hits me, and I'm like, God, are you kidding me? Really? Me do a movie? I've never done a movie in my life. Well, like a lot of us on this podcast, we got to make a decision at that moment. Amen. Am I going to get out the boat? Am I going to get out the boat, or I'm going to get scared and timid and not move? Yeah. And for whatever reason, Eric, I don't know why. I got out the boat at that moment. I walked over to the owner of Pure Flix, who was on the movie set that day. Okay. And I said, you don't know me, but my 11-year-old daughter is in your film. I want to do a movie called God's Not Dead. I can deliver the author of the book. I can deliver the band and I can fund it. And he looks at me. He goes, are you for real? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm for real. And 31 days later, I signed the contract. Uh, the budget went from 400000 to 989000 and yes, it grossed over $100 million. Wow. So, but that's, wow. you know what, look, don't get me wrong. People listen to that and say, wow, what a great return. No, let me tell you, just the other day, I'm in a grocery store and a lady walks up to me and she goes, you're Troy Dewan. I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She goes, I want to thank you for doing God's Not Dead. My son goes back to church because of that movie. Hmm. Now, Eric, I don't know about you, but for me, that's priceless. Absolutely. So that's kind of what started it. And then of course we did three more films and, and we've done a lot of other stuff too. Uh, we just finished a film, which is going to be a great project filmed here in Louisiana in Shreveport, just finished last Friday. It's called the blind. It's the life story of Phil Robinson of duck dynasty. Mm. Now what a lot of people in the podcast don't realize he has one of the number one rated faith-based podcasts in on the globe. 350 million video YouTube views of Phil, Phil Robinson in the last three and a half years. So whether you love him or you hate him, yeah. somebody's watching him. 
So we did a film. It's going to be really good. People don't understand. He was a, a alcoholic. He was brutal. And the story is truly a love story because Kay, his wife, Eric, got beat, got cheated on, and she never left him. She trusted God, and she prayed for her husband. You got to ask yourself, if every woman that was abused by her husband prayed for her husband, yeah. God would honor those prayers. So it's a great story. So I'm excited about that. It's called The Blind. It comes out in the spring. Coach K's film will probably come out next summer. Wow. Wow. So for a guy who's not in the movie business, you got the Holy Spirit said you're going to be in the movie business. It, and, and like I said, I, <laughs> I'd never done a movie before. I had never done. <laughs> I want to hold on to this moment. You said it in passing, like it's no big deal. Did you really, like you were so moved, you walked up to the guy, it's like, I'm going to deliver the band, I'm going to deliver the book, and I'm going to fund it. Like you were just, like within moments, like you're just like, you're convicted, I'm going to do it. When you get hit by the Holy Spirit, as hard as I got hit, I knew God was saying, if you don't get out the boat, I'm going to throw you out the boat. <laughs> like Jonah and the whale, right? I mean, I'm not joking. And look, I, I, you can you read the you know read the test. I had never done a movie before. That was the budget. It set a new Hollywood record for ROI. Yeah. And 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 you ask, well, what did we do with all that? Well, that's what kind of funded Giving Hope. So when you look at all the feeding and the orphanages and the rehabilitation and the community centers, we use we gave back to God what God gave us. Eric, yeah. I'm not a look. I'm not a movie guy. I'm a car guy. So when God opened this up, I knew what he was saying. I'm going to bless you to bless my people. That's how I took it. Yeah. Well, and I want to speak, you, you don't know this, but I mean, we've taken our teams out to volunteer at the Giving Hope Center in Lacombe. Um, and so that, I mean, it, the work you're doing there is amazing. Not only that, I think this is right. Like they, they do catering, right? The Giving yes, Hope Center. No, no, no. So I've had them cater a couple events that we've done too. The food was incredible for people that I've had coming from out of town. So, I mean, what you've been able, what God's used you to create, to pour into, one of the things that I, I always find is true for people who are struggling, and this is, this is the hope of God and the hope of redemption, is hope, is when people don't have hope, and what you're doing is giving to them hope. When people lose hope is probably the darkest moment. No, it's when people lose hope is when they suppress pain, alcohol, weed, drugs, pills, oxycodone. And we see that because, you know, Eric, at the Giving Hope Retreat Center, we ask this 25-year-old male, why did you start doing heroin? You didn't just wake up and start doing heroin. Well, Mr. Troy, you don't understand. I said, well, look, I want to understand. Tell me, my daddy beat me. My stepfather raped me. Eric, the stories you want to puke on yourself. These mm. girls that were abused as a teenager and were afraid to tell the truth. It was sad. And what ends up having, Eric, we don't have the ability to deal with that emotional pain. So we suppress that pain. And to hide that pain, we get behind the drugs, the alcohol. And then when it ends up happening, people become addicted. Yeah. So- what we have learned, Eric, is when a person goes through that trauma in their life, we have to teach them the power of forgiveness. Because if you don't forgive the person who hurt you, who abused you, mm -hmm. you're going to carry that bondage for the rest of your life. It all starts with forgiveness, Eric. And then it starts with renaming who they are the way God sees them. Yeah. 
Because mm. a lot of people made a lot of bad choices. And they, you know, we take a lot of people from under the Claiborne Bridge. We get a lot of people from the court system and people made bad choices. So we let them know that the, the, what you did is not who you are. That's God is mean. going to give you another opportunity. So that's what we try to do at the retreat center. I love that. I love that. I was in a room with um, some young men last week who, who had experienced some trauma and some other things like that. And it kind of, it come back to this theme of redefining success. This kid was 18 years old and they were asking him the greatest lesson he had learned in that moment. And he said, the greatest lesson that I've learned is that my anger and my frustration only hurts me. That's true. You know, as much as we, and that's, that that's one of the lies we hold on to many times. It's like, well, I'm mad at that person because they did the only person you're hurting when you sit inside of anger like that. And when people, that's such a beautiful way for you to help them see the hope because the only person's hurting is themselves, but they can't see that. No, they can't. And they suppress the pain with the drugs and the alcohol and they never let it go. And you have to let it go. And you've got to forgive. I mean, Eric, we even make people in the program. If the person that hurt them is dead, we make them write a letter of forgiveness and put it on the grave. Wow. We, get, we text the letter. We email the letter. We, we make sure there's a complete cutting of the, of the cord, so to speak, that true forgiveness occurs. Forgiveness is the key of getting them back on track. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Troy, is there anything in the course of this interview that you wanted to share today that we did not get a chance to discuss? Anything that you wanted I, to make sure? I, you know, I think it's important. Yes, at the end of the day, you have to know your why. You see, everyone has a gift. And the key is to find out what is your God-given gift and how can I take that God-given gift and glorify God? Money will follow. Money always follows because you're passionate. See, when you're passionate about something, Eric, people want to be part of that passion. So they will invest in you and you'll grow your business. You'll grow your dream. And how you know it's a God-given dream? Well, three ways, Eric. Number one is it requires a lot of faith. It's going to take you getting out the boat. Yeah. Number two, it's much bigger than you ever thought of and you can't let it go. So every day you think about it. And number three, God gets the glory. So those are the three things I want to make sure that people realize, know your why success is great, but what is significance and what is your why? My father would always say, son, there has to be a purpose for the profit. Mm. Mm. I'm going to repeat that. You've I got it wrong. You got to tell me you got to, you got to get out of the boat, get out of the boat. You got to have it's, it's going to be, what God is doing is going to be bigger than anything you can imagine. Because it, faith, it takes faith. It takes faith because at the end of the day, God gets the glory. God gets the glory. Love that. Don't look in, don't look in the mirror, look out the window when he glorifies you. Mm. Mm. That's so good. That's so good. Troy, in three generations, what do you hope your great grandchildren remember about you? You know, that's a good question, Eric. Um, I've kind of told my children that God, daddy's going to give back to God what God gave daddy. And giving hope is going to be the legacy. So three generations from now, I pray there's a hundred food banks throughout the world and a hundred orphanages throughout the world. And there's more giving hope retreat centers that are working with abused sexually, physically, emotionally, drug addicts. So three generations now, I want my great, great, great grandkids to say, wow, my grandmother and grandfather 
created Giving Hope and look at the incredible work it is doing around the globe. Wow. I love that. I love that. Troy, if somebody is listening and wants to follow the work that you're doing or kind of keep up or get in touch with you, what's the best way for people to keep up with the things that you're doing right now? GivingHopeNOLA.org. You can go to GivingHopeNOLA.org and you'll see everything we do. We just announced a school with Drew Brees and Demario Davis mm -hmm. called Devoted Dreamers in the Ninth Ward. We go to South Africa in August to open up the Eighth, orf eighth Orphanage. We're doing 100 water wells. This is crazy, Eric, but we're doing 100 water wells in Pakistan. Really? So, yeah, they're going to let me go to Pakistan next year. My life insurance policy said, no, you can't go. I said, bull crap, I'm going. <laughs> so I, I, I would go to givinghopenola.org and then follow us and see the incredible things we do. And then, you know what? Last thing I would say, if you're kids, maybe you can't, maybe you don't have the ability to disrupt them by taking them overseas. You don't have to go to Africa to see hunger. Yeah. You can come right here to New Orleans on the West Bank. You can come to New Orleans East. Come serve. Let Miss Betty have one day with your kids. I promise you, when Betty gives them back, you're going to be like, Miss Betty, I love you. <laughs> one thing about Betty, she's going to make sure they understand what the real world is. And hunger is evident and real everywhere. It is. It is. It's the one thing I think that we often... We often don't want to believe that that's happening here. Yep. So just give us one day with your kids at the Giving Hope Food Bank. I promise you when I send them back, you're going to love me. Yeah. Troy, thank you. Thank you for your heart for New Orleans and the world. Thank you for your openness and just everything that you shared today. And just thank you for being willing to give of your time to, for the story. It's so impactful. And I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing it with the guests. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Everyone, thank you so much for being with us again for Redefining Success. This is Eric L. Dunavut. I will see you again next week. God bless you. Eric L. Dunavut here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavant.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com 
and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.